1: It's episode 22, and I'm Tom Marshall. Welcome back. I don't have a co-host today, so my guest is visible to all of you in YouTube land, and I'm going to keep him quiet until I introduce him, but he's there, Um, and thanks for coming. (laughs) So we've landed in March 97, but if you look around at where we landed, we're suddenly strangers in strange lands, because last show, last episode we did was Amsterdam. The next one we're doing is Amsterdam. Today it's Germany. But let's get into it. But first, you've been enjoying this season of Undermine. If you've been enjoying it, please subscribe to Osiris Premium on Apple, where you get ad-free podcasts, bonus episodes, and more. And I prefer it when I can have a co-host tell you about these things. But today, I'm going it alone. Well, not really alone. As I said, I've got an old friend with me, friend of the pods. Today, he's our guest, a return appearance. And I'm talking, of course, about Brad Sands, who is Fish's road manager during this entire Fish era, era that we've devoted this season to you. hi brad
2: hi tom how are you
1: <laughs> thanks for coming I, back I, I, man if
2: you ever need a co-host i'm available i know?
1: know i think you're you sort of just dropped into the co-host slot There's other sure guys I'd be, should,
2: be, I'd be better than benji i, I could say that with confidence
1: <laughs> There's other guys should be worried <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you dropped in a road uh road manager slot like one guy took a took a break yeah. and suddenly he came back and you mm-hmm. were hit you had yep. his
2: job. Heismaned him right out of there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's
2: happened before there's precedent. So anyway, right. RJ yeah, and, and Benji, watch your back. You know, I think my favorite thing about doing these is the fact that I'm like, you know, I go back and revisit these shows in a certain sense. And um, yeah, this one was I remember this one vividly. It was a great show. Good times. Uh, the great the tour itself was like. All those kind of Europe tours, except for the one in '98 when we did like Barcelona and Prague and Copenhagen, the rest of them all kind of blend together, right? You yeah. know, and you have to go, Oh, yeah, like Dublin was in June, not in February, and you know, so yeah, uh, I came over for, that was the '98 one, I came over
1: specifically just for Prague and Barcelona, yep. but I had yep. done the Prague before in
2: '97, uh, is I <laughs> believe is where Trey that. Prague in 97 is where I got the D-Set not shirt. That was from Prague. That oh. was like the you," was selling them or something. And they just gave us a bunch of them. It was like, oh, these are cool. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: so anyway, uh, the last time you were here, we were in New Hampshire and now we're in Germany. That was 93. Yeah. This is 97. We finally arrived. This is kind of the destination. Although fall 97 is the destination that our podcast has been headed for. Right. But this is important. This show is really important for Kind of a lot of reasons but um i like you alluded to i was not here for this tour but whenever i went over to europe and i think it was three times um you and i well you know you weren't on stage so <laughs> when you could we, yeah. we had fun together and it was amazing and i'll never forget especially i think i think a great tour was later this summer where we did D- dublin london
2: austria and prague yeah i mean i remember because the Dublin show, I think, was right after Bradstock. If I'm not cor- if I'm correct, I feel oh, like. must- right? <laughs> and the thing I remember the most about Dublin was, I feel like when we got there, we were like, we we were making all these U two jokes in like the clubs, and like they're playing this horrible music, and we'd always go to these clubs in Europe and be like
0: great
2: it's so fun and it's like this really bad like house music you know I like, always do? made
1: fun of that uh that sunday bloody sunday yeah. the second harmony the sunday bloody sunday yeah.
2: he would do it over and over again ad nauseum i remember telling mike that they should play new year's day at big cypress and that it never really got anywhere <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: great baseline, you know? Do you you remember uh, speaking of um, uh, Dublin? We've we've already gotten off base, but that's fine. Um, Do you remember uh, a passport snafu or a mini snafu? You'd already been in Europe with with the band twice, if I if I'm counting right. So this was the third time. Um, And uh, I remember you said
2: we did the Violent Femmes tour that. Oh. And then, yeah. So yeah. Okay. And so um, you,
1: I remember just getting there on the bus, and I was like, you know, organized. I had all my stuff, and you went around and you were collecting passports because I think we were all going to be asleep on the bus as the bus took a ferry yeah. to uh, from Dublin to the England mainland,
0: London.
1: Yeah. And, and you, uh, you, you said it's very characteristic. You, you said something to the effect of, "Watch this, uh, Paige will have his passport ready, and then the other three won't be able to find it." And sure enough, yeah. those guys. Just plays out like
2: constantly the whole time, you know, like Paige always was, you know, like you never really had to worry about Paige, like having it together, you know, <laughs> no matter what. And, and Trey for the most part, I, but you know, like you're not going to find Paige going over the border with like something left in his toiletry kit, like, like some of the other guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So back to this uh, this yeah. particular tour. So this is winter, um, early 97. And Fish's first solo headlining European tour. So what are the challenges of touring abroad apart from... Well, you know? and it's funny because like
2: the first time we went to Europe um, was 19, I think it was the summer of 92 and we opened for the Violent Femmes, right? Incredible. And it was one of those like, I mean, hey, they were awesome. They were a great live band, kind of, you know, a really cool thing to be associated with, but their crowd was not into Fish. I mean, that's like the opening slots... Like the Santana crowd was a little bit better of a match, but you know, not always. And um, so it was totally different because even back then it was like, you had all the other, it wasn't open borders. So each place going was like a board, you know, like a border check and all that. So, you know, and the buses aren't as nice and the, you know, it's, it's just the drivers are weird. And, you know, we had this one bus driver who we figured out at like, you know, they could like typically in an American bus, you know, you put your luggage underneath the bus and in, in Europe, they're the underneath compartments, like the bus driver sleeps underneath the bus basically, <laughs> you know, and then he has like the bay and then we're always scrambling to have these double decker buses and you're always scrambling to put your bag somewhere. And we had this, this driver, I think it was on the, that summer tour, not in the, not in that wind, this winter tour we're talking about, but he was like stealing bikes as we were like going along. And like I opened the bay once and there was like literally like 10 bikes in there, like a homeless guy, you know. So then at the end of the tour, like we took them out, and like we like basically stole them back from him and just returned them to you know, wherever. I think he was pissed. Wow. But anyway, I, I... it was always just that part of it was always kind of strange, you know. And then the power is different. Yeah. so inevitably like pedals don't work and you know it's a challenge and especially at that level because at clubs it's not like you know you're doing an arena or a stadium tour it's where everything's sort of taken care of you know right you're kind of encountering these challenges daily plus you know the first time we went to europe we were driving, we drove a van, you know, and you're like, you're in London, you're driving on the wrong side of the road, you know? <laughs> like,
1: I, yeah. I, 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 I kept encountering cause I, you know, I'm, I'm not a very uh, skilled European traveler. So I, all this stuff was new to me. And one of the weirdest things that happened that I couldn't conceive of how Santana in a touring uh, capacity wouldn't know this um, or, or his, his roadies, I could see how like fish, wouldn't know it but um we got to a place where we were i think playing in Italy again this is the wrong tour um right. but it was a, a town square and uh the the cars the trucks wouldn't fit you guys yeah. had to hoof in a ton and yeah. literally tons of equipment
2: well in general, in. in general italy is just you know like great food not <laughs> not the most together place to do a show <laughs> you know like i mean it's always kind of like that and but you know i remember you know, Italy in particular always had these like kind of – they would always do these these gigs in these cool places like that, you know. They didn't really have a lot of traditional venues because it's an old – it's like the old country, literally. And uh, it was always like that. It was like you just had to adapt, you know.
1: But, I remember I, Fish was uh, – yeah, I remember Fish was entering sort of a different phase where they were getting I mean, a little bit popular and yeah. they were getting a little – they're getting some money and they're starting to dress nicer. Like, I think they came back from Europe with Versace suits once. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but uh, on. it, like silky Versace underwear, he thought they were so great. He was like so <laughs> happy about them. It's like they're so comfy.
1: <laughs> but I think it, it's kind of funny because I didn't remember them really liking to indulge after a show in, in going out, especially clubs. And yet in Europe, uh, it seemed like the promoters would take fish and
2: all the entourage And I think in Europe, it it always felt like, I mean, A, you were meeting all these new, different people. It wasn't the same, you know, people you've been meeting. And in America, it's, it was different. I mean, you know, we liked it. We knew where where we wanted to go. We had no idea in Europe. So we let someone take us, you know, like, and, I, you know, I think it was just more of like, it felt like those tours always felt like you were on like a, like a camp adventure or something when you were little, right? Like you go away and you're with your like, 15 best friends and you just kind of get into like shenanigans, you know, <laughs> yes, and, totally and sort of like, you know, obviously not like totally like fish and trays trip to Europe, you know, back in the eighties, <laughs> which you know a lot of this stuff was born out of, but, but kind of along those lines, you know, were you I mean, one of I, the, uh, were you one of the worm riders? Uh, I, I definitely probably rode on the back of the worm at least once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember even like Paige and I used to have the best times in these European cities. Like we'd go for these long walks and we were he was he was working on the second disc and we would like sit down with the like and listen to these like mixes really loud on this tape deck, like sitting on like a square like, you know, it was just it was cool. It was just kind of like things you wouldn't do in Denver you know what I mean? Like, well, it's also surrounded yeah. by, you know, 1500 year old buildings and churches yeah. and yeah, it's, yeah. And sometimes you like, remember, in, in... I feel like Tom, remember the time you guys bet me on, uh, we did like the, the water drinking contest that was like in Europe. Oh, you yeah. well, what was that about? We were, instead of drinking beer, we decided to have a water drinking contest, <laughs> you know, and I, then that culminated with me eating a playing card for like, like a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> I remember the band was
1: betting and they bet with like $100
2: bills. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like really stupid bets, you know, like, (laughs) you know, and I was like surprised at how hard it was to eat a playing card. (laughs)
1: I was actually pretty sure that I could drink maybe maybe it was two gallons in one sitting or something, yeah, but it didn't it, awesome. it, it didn't work it did not yeah. work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, fun, so fun. Um, yeah, anyway, fun. And, and you're right. So that's kind of like the environment we're in sort of mischievous. You're with your yeah. friends. It's kind of a camping trip. Uh, it's fun because you're not with the, the the standard crowd. You're kind of like you're kind of away from home, you know. And and it's yeah, just and you're also like
2: you're you're going to these places that. Like, at least, like, if to to skip ahead to Hamburg, right? Like, you know, like, when you get there, the first thing you go is, like, you try and find the Beatles place, you know, which is this, like, the Kaiser Keller, which was this club where the Beatles played in, like, 1960, you know? Like, you know, and I remember we used to, like, joke that, like, Hamburg was, like, the Beatles version of Telluride, you know? Like, they <laughs> <laughs> left London and went to Hamburg, whereas, like, Fish left Vermont and went to Telluride, you know? Like, <laughs> and, That's perfect, uh, you know? There's no photo of John and uh, and uh, and Paul carrying a keyboard across the street, but you know, um, and you're also like you run into like when you're in Amsterdam or in particularly in Hamburg, they have like these you know the red light district, this like thing the, the you know, they call it the Ripper Bond in in Hamburg, and you're walking up and down there, and it's just like girls in the window you know and you're just like this is crazy this is insane that you know that would never exist in america you know uh, briefly <laughs> 42nd
1: like, street was like that but not 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 completely not like this that. it's yeah. a whole nother level you know yeah. and
2: yeah. and um you know so there's a just a sense of trouble and danger around that especially in hamburg you know true um uh, but uh so you know so, one of the things that was really funny on this tour yeah Was um after we played London, we went to Cologne, Germany. You know, Cologne has Cologne has this big fancy old church, and um it's like the hotel is across this bridge to Marriott, like right across the river. And we got there, and we checked in at night. You know, and we woke up, we went for a walk, and there was we came back, and there were all these like our buses pulled in. That's what we got there in the morning. The buses pulled in, and all there were like thousands of girls there, right? Like young, and we were like. Man, this is crazy, you know. Like we're like totally thinking it was for like the fish for fish, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then we get out there like, who are they looking at us like we're like, you know, like oh, you know, found out like it was the Backstreet Boys were actually touring. (laughs) They were they were actually like popular in Germany before. This was before they became big in America. Nineteen ninety-seven. They were playing in Cologne the same night we were. And like. I mean, the the hotel was crazy, and we never were like, "Who the fuck are the Backstreet Boys?" Yeah. You never heard. Of this, <laughs> you know? And then, like a year later, like, oh my god. Anyway, so that's no, awesome. Those are that happened in Europe, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I exactly. Before we because we did like we did a bunch of German shows, and then we went back into like Italy, and then we ended up back in Hamburg, sort of towards the end of the tour. I don't think it was the last show, but um. It it felt kind of like near the end, right?
1: Well, yeah. Well, the the reason this one's pivotal and and, uh, it's kind of like where cow funk started in a way. So like fall of 96, they cover talking heads. And then here, just a few months later, it's almost like they went... All the way to Europe to experiment with what would eventually be called cow funk. And I, can I
2: can I go on record and say is the dumbest name ever? For I, 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 I
1: until today, I don't okay. think I've used that more than five times in my life. But <laughs> but I, mean, I think it's like a reference. I know what you mean
2: though. Yeah, yeah. I mean
1: <laughs> Trey would describe it as the band got into grooves more, but. Right. People labeled it Cow Funk, and I think the cow is from Vermont, right? I, that's the only way yeah, that I can. Right, but anyway, right. the the band has talked about how it was a, a breakthrough, and right. uh, they even, you know, did you feel? Were you aware at the time as a pivot point, or did you see I it in a crossroads? I, I think it was.
2: I, I think like when you like after the Halloween albums always sort of sort of um, dictated kind of style and stuff, and because they would practice those for so long, you know. And obviously the Talking Heads record is a very groove-oriented record, you know? And I think that they just wanted to lean into that direction after playing it. And they were good at it too. You know, it was great to see Trey, like, play more rhythm guitar, you know, and and be patient. They were There was a lot more patience in Europe because they were really enabled, like, the gigs almost to a certain degree, like, didn't matter. You know, like, in a sense of, like, we would go to Europe. We were you know, that we were trying to break Europe and all of us knew, like, this is never going to happen. You know, like there's <laughs> just no way, you know, but it's fun, you know? And um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, you could feel the band changing. I mean, even um, <clears throat> Billy Breeze was, I think they were like supporting Billy Breeze at this point because Billy Breeze came out probably in 96. And already by the time they got into this, they were, you know, it was definitely not the kind of, like, it was like a rebellion against Rift, almost. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think it was more relaxed, and the guys could kind of do whatever, you know, you're playing in Europe, when they played in clubs, I felt like they just could connect with people and just kind of lose themselves. Whereas, you know, when they would do, like, underplays in the U.S., it wasn't, it's not the same. Like, right. the show at the Fillmore in 98, like, just kind of blah, you
1: know. I, I, I totally agree, and I think I, I definitely saw it. This is how I saw it, and it sounds like you, you too, and probably the band. Um, just in a way, Europe prepared was just sort of preparation or fun, and and prepared them for the upcoming next tour in America.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was. They also just, I think, oh, the thing about fish was at least back in the old days, you know, there's always all these talks about like how the Betty Ford clinic and all that went too far and all that. But what it did was it like, it set this sort of like the band knew everyone was having fun when they were in a fun environment, they played better, you know? Yep. And I think that was part of it. You know, Europe was fun. We were having a good time. We were doing like, you know, renting scooters in Rome and basically almost getting killed. And like, you get to the gig then i like, Oh my God, that was so fun. You know, like there was yep. a lot of that going on, you know? Yep. It Just wasn't... being in a different place. Yeah. And, um, but I think musically they were definitely changing. I think the, the talking heads record was a big part of that, you know, and 97, 98 kind of with, um, the ghost record as well, really kind of catered to that kind of vibe, you know?
1: Well, let's talk more about the music when we return after a quick break.
0: Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com, that's distrokid with a capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine for a special offer only for our listeners. That's distrokid, capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine. Thanks, DistroKid. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana?
2: So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.
1: And we are back. Let's talk about the show itself. So these highlights, well, the highlights are highlighted on the official album Slip, Stitch, and Pass. Yeah. Um, So the band at the time said they were releasing it to showcase this new breakthrough they had. And uh, I guess this counts as their second live album, right? And this one was in my car. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if you know about me and my other Osiris brethren, but they listen to a lot of old fish shows and I don't, but this yeah. one, because it was slip stitch and pass, it was in my Ford Explorer. And every time I started the key, the CD started from the beginning. So I heard cities, uh, Wolfmans yeah. and Jesus over right. and over and over. <laughs> but yeah. a great, 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 um, album, but I, d- they didn't do the whole show. It was just, they just yeah. did a selection. I feel like it was
2: almost like a like a an, an antidote to what a live one was, right? Like a live one was like, I, I, you know, versions from all these different shows and like the definitive live album. And like, I don't know anyone who listens to it. It's not that it's bad or good or whatever. It just doesn't have the feel like this show does, you know? And I mean, the other thing that's of note, obviously, is the cover was done by the guy who did the Pink Floyd album covers. Oh, uh Strom yes. Thurgerson. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like we went we were in London, I guess <laughs> it was you know, one of these other tours later, probably later that summer or whatever and uh you know going to meet with him and just like he had this whole he did this it cost so much money and electro was like because he actually built that ball you know, like, oh my god i mean it's just nuts you know <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> when fish you know, does an album cover like Round yeah. Room, they actually build the thing
2: yeah for no right. reason
1: someone could no draw reason. it
2: yeah you gotta do it you can't <laughs> it, you can never go backwards right and um <laughs> just even the fact that like you know we got to work with that guy who you know Animals and wish you were here. All those great album covers that Pink Floyd had, you know. Incredible. Um, was he an old guy at the time? Strum. He was old at the time. Yeah. So he, I think he passed away recently.
1: I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure, but I do like the cover. Uh, you know, it's a dude, a be- cover. A dude yeah. being chased by a ball of yarn. I'm not quite sure how it fits <laughs> in beach. with fish.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, it's funny that show. I remember it because. I think we'd had like a like we went to the rape a bomb the night before and just kind of were like, you know, had fun, so to speak. But no one really did anything. That was kind of like that was we would walk up and down and be like, oh, we'd probably try and goad like somebody into going in there, you know. <laughs> and I think eventually we may have goaded someone to go into one of the rooms. <laughs> I need I need initials at least. Yeah. No, no initials, I won't <laughs> say.
1: <laughs> um, so play, yeah. all, all right famous famous tracks from slip stitch and pass like wolfmans um yeah. and then mike's groove um yeah. but in addition to that there's um there's uh, a really interesting heavy metal possum yeah and uh they did a lot of covers
2: actually three or four covers in that show the cities
1: um right. and I mean, that was uh, the, if
2: i remember like they played, a bust C- out. C- they played cities one oh. other time be- As When I started working for them in 91, they had never played it. They played it once. And then this was like just it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't even really remember them like rehearsing it. version though yeah uh you know i i just felt like um
1: but it... yeah sorry sorry cities wolfmans and jesus left chicago is slip stitch and pass cities also did open the show so they were they were true in that regard
2: hold on i i feel like that's is that right
1: i think it's right hold on i'm looking i have Let's... it now set one cities Oki okay. pa okay. down with disease way
2: yeah, it's funny. We had also, we had all, oh, yeah, right. That's right. Okay. Anyway, we had also pl- that was our second time playing there. I think we played there in the summer of 96 because we had done, um, when we played that tour with Santana, we'd done a couple solo shows within there, you know? Anyway, um, <clears throat> the Wolfmans I think was the first extended one. The Cities was great. And the Mike song is just one of the, it was, Definitely was like um it should be called Mike's album, you know? Like it's really like <laughs> he's kind of running the show on the whole thing, you know, it's one of his great nights. And Mike, Mike could have those nights. And usually like, you know, you kind of expect Trey to be on, but when Mike is on, it's like that's when fish is the best, I think. That's, a, that's, awesome. And, um, that's awesome. in particular that Mike song is just kind of you know fun and kind of all over the place in a good way you know and the, the doors thing which is you know
1: <laughs> this is the end my only friend the yeah. end indians lying on dawn's highway bleeding in the young child's fragile and child
2: mind. Listening back, I remember when Paige was doing lawn Boy and he came walking out. And Fish said he walked on down the hall, and I was just like, you know, like Fish always had that timing just to, to just hit it perfect, you know. <laughs> Do the you have any I
1: insight think, into the into the um, you know, why the doors were at
2: the end of Mike? I don't know. I mean, you know, we were in Paris about a week before that. We played that, we played the place where all the uh, the Queens, not Queens, sorry, um, he, he, he got arrested. Left- the, no, we played the place that the botaclon was the place where that the terrorist thing happened. Uh, uh, uh. we played there in '97. Um, funny story about France is there was this guy who was um, always this drum magazine guy that every time we go to Europe would interview Fishman, and the magazine was called Le Batut. You know, I can't, remember, <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but he he looked kind of like Fishman, and he would always show up, and he'd have all these magazines. And, you know, just <laughs> how funny, but um. I mean, I don't know if I feel like we maybe like one of the other things we used to always do in Europe is we'd always go to like sort of the tourist places or I mean, I remember you and me, you and Trey trying to get into the uh, casino in like France. Remember that time? And
0: like
2: you needed like a, you needed like a, like a suit. I was woefully underdressed. I think think
1: Trey was okay. You and
2: I were not. I think he looked at us and said, this is impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, because we said like, do you have like a jacket that we could just wear? Yes. No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. yeah. And that was like that was like uh you know, like we went to like the beaches of Normandy. It was like in Deauville or something. But
1: this wasn't where you cut off the heads of the tourists in the photographs. No, that was that, was,
2: that was summer ninety eight. That was when Tom Phillips was out there. That was that was Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you have um, any any good memories
2: of uh of stuff that you guys did in the off days? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember like in this particular tour, it was actually kind of cold, you know? Oh yeah. But I mean, I remember Europe. I mean, one of the best days off we ever had was we rented these scooters in Rome and we all did it. Right. And of course it like, it, it kind of was exactly how like the whole thing Trey got the fastest one. It was like fucking taken off, you know, <laughs> And Corona was kind of right behind him and a little bit all over the place. And then it was like, Me and Fishman and Paige were just, like, trying to keep up with those guys, you know? And I remember, like, Fishman almost got hit by a bus. I mean, if you've ever driven in Rome, it's insane, you know? But we literally covered the whole city, like, and it was just, like, the best day, you know? And then we went to this, like, really cool Italian restaurant and, you know, like... I got like the fruits de mer pasta, and I asked for like some parmesan, and the guy basically was like, "You don't put parmesan cheese on seafood. What are do you doing?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? like, oh, sorry, I don't oh, know. No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: why mean, do you, Why do you think the band stopped touring
2: uh, Europe? I mean, I think it just became like after that that the one in '98. I think it just became like an obstacle to kind of wrap your head around, like they already weren't touring that much anyway by later on in the years. Like to spend one of those periods going over there, you know, I don't know. I just think they just, they're like, they don't really care. You know, it's probably
1: a lot of money, like commercially, they probably didn't make any sense, right? it It would definitely
2: not, they would lose money, but right. You know i'm pretty the idea sure idea was
1: to open up a new market and so they went repeatedly for a while and then they probably yeah. economically saw the numbers weren't working and stopped well, going we up. also
2: saw it was like it was just like basically in most cities it was like american kids were yeah. coming over or that lived in the city would come to the shows i mean right. you know in italy and germany you would see some like zappa people or whatever you know some weird record type collector guys but it wasn't like, you know, it just wasn't work. It it, it just wasn't going to work. But I think if they went over there now, they're such like an institution, they'd probably, you know, they could probably play the O2 in London, I'm guessing, you know, but who <laughs> <Yeah>. knows? <No. laughs> I'd I
1: would, I would like them to go back and I know everyone would go, right? Everyone would follow right? them. I yeah. Mean, the f- people are spending a lot of money to go to Mexico. And and so yeah. this, is, this wouldn't be that much different.
2: No, I mean, it is, I think it's also, it is logistically, it's just, like people would always say, oh my God, you're going to Europe. It's so fun. And like, yes, while we would have fun, it just, touring in Europe, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's got to <laughs> I mean, be unless tough. You're playing, like, unless you're like, you know, the police or something, you know, <laughs> that Europe, those Europe tours were a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> you did,
1: you did a couple of those, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We would, like, I mean, the police and across, it was funny doing that as a tour manager. I was Stewart's tour manager. The police are big everywhere. You know, not right. just America. You know? uh, okay. Right. And, uh, you know, as it relates to fish, they would like, cause most of those guys had heard of fish, but not, you know, not really. And they would always make fun of me. Cause I was like <laughs> the kid that worked for this, you know, like they would post my resume all over the building. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Looking for jobs. Then, uh, I feel like I told the story maybe on the podcast even, but I tried to like, they asked me to play a fish song on the plane <laughs> and I like, I picked taste. The dumbest. Like, as soon as I put it on, it was like, this is so stupid. Like, you know, like, just like it sounded so like, you know, like, oh, I picked the wrong song. Intellectual or something. Ah, uh,
1: we're back. You might not have noticed it, but we just had a huge technical screw up. I'm now here alone with a new mic and we lost Brad, but we were essentially at the end of the interview anyway. So I think I'll just thank Brad so much for coming on. Brad Sands, great friend of Osiris and Undermine. He's really just plug and play, isn't he? He doesn't really need an interviewer. He can just talk for a half hour and that would be fine. The knowledge he has as a legit insider who was there with the band for the entire 90s is unmatched. And we're so glad he's willing to share it with us now and then. I hope we covered the show enough. As I said, my knowledge of March 1st, 1997 was warped by having the Slip, Stitch and Pass CD in my car for a long time. So I know a selection of the music from the show very well but I wasn't in Germany and definitely enjoyed re-listening and hearing Brad's perspective. I'm going to wave to my co-hosts, Benji Eisen and RJB, and they were both suspiciously busy today and had to sit this one out. Also, thanks to the Undermine team at large, even though it's small, Matt, Eric, Nick, and Christina. And thank you to everyone out there in podcast land for joining us. Remember to review and subscribe wherever you listen or watch. We'll see you in a couple of days. If you feel like listening, to the early July 97 shows from Amsterdam. Please do, and until then, be safe and be careful hitching any rides on the backs of any worms. Auf Wiedersehen.
0: Osiris. tag team jane child meredith brooks looking glass sean mullins Eiffel 65 emf crash test dummies crazy town chumbawamba we have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week so pass the duchy make sure you're connected and subscribe to one hit thunder wherever you get your pods hey you do you have any plans this year 020-D.com soundtalentmedia.com or on your favorite podcast app.